and welcome to this week's bonus podcast our midweek podcast we're doing a character profile of emma brooker emma she's gone Gemma. oh it's so sad i was like i was not going into 2022 expecting to have to say goodbye to emma brooker quite so soon i thought she was like i thought she was gonna be with us forever she's gonna be a legacy character i thought she was but no um but no she's gone she's 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 gone to see the wizard hasn't she down under in oz Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that what we're saying, is it? That's that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. She's gone to get a brain. And, oh, uh, good and, and now it's time to uh, to do a profile of her. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of glad sometimes when I put off doing character profiles, so I've, got, I've still got my list of characters we've not done yet. And yes. it's like, we could, we could have done Emma, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's some, always nice when, uh, you, yeah. Yeah, it, it does, you know, take take away the edge of or takes away the sting of a character that you like leaving it's like, oh, at least at least i haven't done the character profile so oh, i can do that? a complete but one can you now. say that you you said you like as a general you mm-hmm. then but actually that's very specific to you personally yeah, exactly, i don't exactly. think anybody else had that thought no, there have been times when i've done character profile of someone and then literally within months it's like and so and so is leaving like how Damn you. an inconsiderate dolt they I'm are so, so inconsiderate when that happens but never mind we're not over here we to talk here about, to complain about this particular dolt today emma brooker <laughs> um who who came into the show as a real breath of fresh air and something went wrong along the way. No, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry to say. Are you going to moan? Don't moan all the way. Well, when I was, I won't. I mean, it's just when I was doing my notes for this, and I was looking on Corypedia and stuff to remind myself of what happened with her. And, it's, and it's like, I thought, oh yeah, this is good. This is. I remember when this happened. And just as, as the years go on, it's like, yeah, they really did a number on this character by in the like, in the final um, kind of year or two. But we we will see that. I don't know, when listeners, whether you will agree as we go along. And um, you never know. There could always be the chance of getting her back to redeem Well, she's not dead, so that's from. the main thing. She's not dead. I mean, mm. I, I hear there are big spiders uh, down there yeah. and, and, and deadly stingrays and things. But uh, I'm sure she'll be fine. She's she's a very careful um, sort of person. Very cautious. She? I don't think she's into... Um, thinks before she acts. Going into the bush. No, absolutely <laughs> Absolutely not. Anything to worry about. Anyway, um, right, let's, we do it then? let's run down Emma Brooker's yep, statistics before we chat about what she's been up to on the show. She was born on the 3rd of May 1999. And one thing that I found um, particularly interesting when I was researching this is I didn't realise what an age gap there was between um, Emma Brooker and Alexandra Mardell, who plays her, because Ali herself was born in 1993, so it was like six years different. Don't, I don't, and, don't try to trick me with and that. That's the sort of thing I usually complain about when there's a big age difference between the actress and the character. But yeah, tricked us there, love. Well done on Comedy you. is ageless. Very true. Um, her parents with Steve McDonald and Fiona Middleton and she has many half-siblings because, you know, Steve's got about a bit. Well, two of them are dead. Oh, she, oh yeah, she, she has had has them. So, Morgan Middleton, he's still alive and kicking. That's um, sad, He's her really. half-brother. Amy Barlow, half-sister, still going. Um, Rory McDonald, uh, does he count? For a little bit. Don't be horrible. And then Oliver Battersby. That's horrible Also thing to dead. Say. Um, I want to point out though that Morgan is his, her half brother, but they were raised as as sort of full siblings, yes, weren't they? Because she had a secret so soap know, star past. She didn't know that he was her half brother, whereas Amy was definitely introduced to her as half sister. But I think she treats them both as though they're full blood 
siblings. Oh, I don't, I don't think Morgan's particularly has more than a few sentences Morgan with Emma in the past four years. Doesn't even know that she's in Australia. He to be honest, doesn't. and if he found out, I don't think he'd care. <laughs> no, um, come on then. When she what first could appeared, she first appeared on Coronation Street on the twentieth of April two thousand and eighteen. By gum, that's nearly four years ago. In fact, yeah, that's four years ago tomorrow. How timely! And her final appearance was on the eighth of April twenty twenty two. Now this would wind me up. 339 episodes. Almost four years. I want to be exact. Almost made it. This is my thing, like I said before about dying on my birthday. Yeah, go over Shakespeare moment. Who played her? Alexandra Mardell. Well, Shakespeare died on his birthday. Yes. Mm, That's my one special fact that I know. Imagine making all those sandwiches and cakes. (laughs) Especially back in them days. What, Mrs Shakespeare coming in and putting them on the table? I've I've got these from... I've got these from the, from Marks and Spencer's food. Yeah. And he's just there going, well, well, well. Oh, oh he's died. Dad, dad. Well, we can use these for the funeral. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Shakespeare. Emma Brooker. So her... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Good really. Um, so Ali Mardell's casting was announced on the 21st of March 2018. Before being in Corrie, she had um, been to the Guildford School of Acting. They, they, they taught her well, I have to say, because I thought, I thought that she was a fan. Pretend to be sad. <laughs> Pretend to be happy. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Oh. You're hired. I'm not, I didn't go there. Um, she starred in one episode of Vera before coming oh, yeah. into Coronation Street, uh, which we, we, we watched. We haven't seen her yep, episodes. We lady. watched an episode of Vera Detective last year with Jack Dramas in it. She was in a short film called Chocolate Pieces, and that was it. So Corrie was really her big break, and um, what a massive impression that she had on the world of television viewers. Apparently, she'd been in touch with the casting director of Coronation Street for like four or five years before the part what? of Emma came. Sneaky. I think, I don't know whether she'd been badgering them well, or she... whether they'd been badgering her or whether her agent had been going, I oh, will get you on Coronation well, Street. Well, hasn't she got, like, uh, insider... Well, she's I know like... that she's a friend of Scary Spice. Yeah. If that counts. <laughs> and she was That's on cheating. Coronation Street once. So I don't know. She has, she's got some kind yeah. of celebrity connections in there. Um, but yeah, it was the role of Emma that seemed to fit her perfectly. And yeah, uh, her good. mum was a huge, huge Curry fan and would worry that Ali being in the problem would ruin it no, for her. No, being in the problem. In the, pro- in the programme would mm. be a problem. But apparently, it apparently, it, she loved she loved her, and she thought, "Oh, I'll just see, it was Emma now." So that's always good. And um, in June 2018, after she'd been on the show for a few months, she was offered a six-month extension to her contract, and she's been there ever since, apart from now when she's not there anymore. She's gone. Yeah. So, Gemma, you you alluded to her having a bit of an uh, an interesting backstory before, well, didn't you? Um, Emma was born after Fiona Middleton left the street. She had an affair. No, she was Steve's girlfriend, yes. but then Steve had an affair with Maxine. That came out, so she left and took Emma with her. Nobody knew that she existed. Emma grew up with half-brother Morgan, and she was led to believe that John Brooker was her father. And when Fiona and John split up, she took Emma to live in Australia. And then Emma returned to the UK, went to school at Weatherfield High, and then we meet her in 2018 when she's moved into a flat with a friend, still unknowing her McDonald heritage. Yes, and this McDonald heritage was quite funny, wasn't it? Because it wasn't too long into Emma being on the show that um, that people started talking about, you know, is she um, is she is she related to? Well, we know that Fiona we, Middleton's character. We knew that Steve had dated Fiona. Yeah, and um, we knew that Emma had had um black heritage yes so it was obvious that 
it's possible given the age also of the character and isn't it interesting too that the character's a different age to the actress yeah well i think when emma came into the program i mean my, my i don't think this was the long plan for emma no, at all never um but it's interesting to track how it how it moved on but yeah i don't think that emma was given an age when she first moved in and it's a bloody good job too because like this the... is why we complain about characters not having birthdays and stuff but this is why they don't i, I don't think they do it on purpose don't they, <laughs> they like to in case it... they ever need to like have a surprise birthday party at some point exactly it's going to lead to a startling revelation about somebody's parentage well uh, before emma had come into the show like three or four months beforehand angela griffin who played fiona had said never say never about a return to coronation street on a lorraine interview and i think that was a that was a massive coincidence but because by july that year literally got three four months after emma had been in the program fans were already theorizing about the fact that she was related to fiona and steve and um she was being into asked this in interviews as well. well this on... was the following month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it, who was it, being interviewed? Alexandra Mardell in okay. The Sun. She did yep. an interview in July 2018 where she said, I've heard the Fiona and Steve's daughter theory, but that's definitely not true. <laughs> I did have a little chat and a joke with Angela Griffin about it, and that was quite funny. So... I, I, don't, I can't remember how she how she knew Angela Griffin or whether she's just once you're a celebrity you just get everybody's phone number yeah, that I has think ever it been downloads. a celebrity on Coronation yeah, Street before. Yeah, your phone. Um, snap. Yeah, so July, she said, no, there is no truth behind this theory. Then in January the next year, mid-January, she was on Lorraine. And, and Lorraine, I, I watched this interview with them last week. And Lorraine I have to say, kind of, I really appreciate this timeline. This is good. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. Lorraine kind of suggested... She said, oh, tell me, lots of people are thinking that you're, you're related to, to Stephen Fiona. What do you think about, oh, we'll put it in a wee book. For, we'll, we'll not, she, kind of, she, she kind of mentions it. Ali kind of gives a bit of a look. And I think Lorraine's like, oh, let's not talk about that now. And moving on. So I think by January of 2019, they decided that they hadn't released the information yet. Because in it wasn't until June of that year, so six months later, that The Sun revealed that Angela Griffin was returning to Coronation Street. Because she made like a one-off appearance, didn't she, over Zoom? Yeah, um, in her pyjamas. That's right. Because that's what they wear in Australia. Yeah. Um, They're very chill. And, and it, Yeah, and it was also wintertime there as well, so probably like snow and everything opposite um and then yeah so it was then that summer that the story all came out so i, I really think i think this is absolutely i love, I love that a, a case well done. thank you i think it was a case of coronation street fans saying hang on a minute destiny. and then the storyline is going you're not you know what we'll have that yeah why not you it, idiots gave it to us for free it makes me wonder how often they kind of look on the forums or, or twitter we know, or we know that they whatever do to steal story ideas we know they do. We know they do sometimes, but that, I, I, I do not believe that this wasn't just a case of saying, yeah, that sounds quite good, actually. Well, I'm still make Ryan and Ali gay for each other, and that's not happened yet. <laughs> that's not happened, no. And he's not. left the show now, so... Yes. R.I.P. to that idea. Mm. We're just watching um, young Ali on, the, on Classic Coronation <laughs> Street at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, so what's Tell Emma me. been up to on Coronation Street? 2018, she comes into the show with as an apprentice at Audrey's salon. Audrey's in hospital at the time. Can't remember why. Heart attack, maybe. Attacked by youths, maybe. Funny One eyes. of those, anyway. But she Can't needs, remember things. She needs somebody to help her out. So she hires um, Emma, who doesn't make a very good on it. David, 
very Hang good on. impression on David yeah. on her first day because she's just generally bumbly and ditzy and, and dropping things all over the place and making a bit of a fool of herself, which is kind of her shtick for the next four years on Coronation <laughs> Street. He wants her gone, but Maria insists she stay on. Um, David soon comes round to the idea of Emma as a, <laughs> as a lady uh, and, as and a character. Lady? And, you know, I don't think just, that was uh, ever in question. As a as a, as a knicker dropper, because um, he that's not what women that's not women's mo- only role in life. You misogynistic ass. No, he was being a misogynistic. No, ass you at this were point. because what well, he he's David had been through a bit of a bad time yeah, that had, year because yeah. he'd been raped a few months beforehand and he was kind of by his, Josh. Yeah, yeah, by Josh and his masculinity. He was calling into question and he wanted to. He split up with Shona, hadn't he? Because he just couldn't, you know, deal with life at the moment. He was having mental health issues. Yeah, so he he decided um, to to show what a man he was by taking Emma to bed. Um, but she then, was fine with it. Well, she she it did kind. Of, I remember watching it, thinking this this feels icky and and David, you've I mean because she is quite a bit younger, isn't she? She's a good well, she's, you know, she's ten a, years younger than David. She's an innocent, isn't she? Yeah, she was she was very much a, a, a naive uh, young lady. It's very weird because this was like one of the first. Was this not her first episode? I, I well, for some reason the first, I think it if was, not one of the first, yeah. Like the first time we're introduced to Emma, she's literally bedding um, David Platt, mm. and it's very interesting that that is a kind of obviously when a woman when a woman sleeps around, it's it's kind of a gives her a reputation that's hard to shake, but. Emma doesn't really have that kind of reputation. It no, kind of not at all. She's she's no man eater, is she? Dropped like there was, there were no negative consequences for that. Progress, everybody! Which is Hooray. why, which is why, to me, watching it, it, it felt like he was preying or, on her almost. But yes, he did later reflect on his state of uh, his mental health after Aiden's suicide, and he thought, "I don't want that to happen to me." Um, he dumps Emma, gets back with Shona again. So Emma moves on to Seb, and this is a fun little relationship that started uh, mid to late twenty eighteen. Um, because he wants to, she wants to use him as a hair model in the salon. Why? Because Gemma, his hair is like a waterfall of gravy. Waterf- I don't even have this written in the notes. <laughs> this is the quote that stuck. With it's this, the only it? quote I probably ever remember. This, this is the Emma. thing. This is a thing that could have become, you know, an Archie Shuttleworth. But I thought, I'm not wrong. Kind of well, like her going back to people. Incredibly and... poetic descriptions of people's hair. Well, yeah, she does it to she does it to Seb. She does it to Ken at the hairdressing awards later this year, where she just like likes to run her hands through his locks. And I would have loved it if her thing had been just to go up to people and run her hands through her hair or said what she could do with it or something. But. They, they didn't go down that route. Anyway, um, he's a bit worried about what she'll think about having HIV, though. And also, um, I think he's going out with Faye at the same time as well. So she's obviously not too happy about that. So Emma moves on from Seb to Chesney. Um, great. Great move. But th- this was, you know, Ch- Chesney's never been the, you know, the funnest of characters. And he's certainly no Lothario. No, but this, I think, at the time we were thinking, oh, this this could be all right actually, because and it was it was quite sweet because um, I think he's been he he wanted some some romance advice. I don't know whether he was I think he was going after Gemma or something at that point, but 
been a bit too shy or I don't know what. So Emma agrees to, or volunteers or agrees to be a, like a fake date for Chesney so she can help him on his Lothario techniques. But actually, she's secretly falling in love with him because he's such a charmer. Um, initially, <laughs> Chesney just kind of wants to make Gemma jealous by seeing Emma, you know, on, on his arm. But he falls for Emma as well. So by the end of 2018, Chesney and Emma, lovely couple. And uh, the only other thing that I could find of note for Emma that year is when she went to the hairdressing awards. As I always said, quite like Ken's hair. 2019, Gemma, over to you. Well, she gets insecure about Chesney still showing an interest in Gemma. And she dresses up and she does her hair to kind of look like her, oh, yeah, which she, is quite funny. Yeah, she, she kind, kind of chaffs herself up and has like... Um, she has her hair in like two the, little pom-poms, pe- yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> because she, she, she's just so massively, massively insecure as a character, wasn't she? And she thought, I need to be like Gemma if that's what Je- Chesney fancies. So she sees Gemma lean in for a kiss with Chesney at the kebab shop and she rushes off before she sees him pulling away so she doesn't see that he was loyal to her. Mm. Eventually breaks up with Chesney and he ends up with Gemma. And this was the very moment when it all started to go wrong forever. I have to say, though, it was a it was a slow but it also it, went it, wrong it, for Chesney and Gemma as well. I know, I'm just saying, it was her character at this moment, because I've got a vivid memory of her kind of walking down Victoria Street in floods of tears and me going, oh my gosh, my heart is breaking for this character that's not even been in a show a year. Ali Mardell is, was so, so good at just being sad because she's so sweet and naive and you kind of as if you you want to look after her and say, there, there, it'll yeah. be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the first moment where we saw Emma have a bit of a cry. And I think the showrunners at the time thought, she's quite good at having a bit of a cry. And Let's give her more to things it. to have a, have a bit of a cry about over the year. And yeah. unfortunately, that was kind of, that kind of snowballed, didn't it, over in the following years. So next up, she gets a job in the Rovers. Um, I thought she was quite a cool barmaid, but unfortunately a little bit of a uh, victim of COVID, wasn't she? Yeah, sadly not a great time to get into hospitality. No. So the last three so years. Like- I kind of sometimes, or not just sometimes, often forget that she even is a barmaid. And I think that she could have been a brilliant, brilliant classic know, Rover's barmaid. I know, I know. Well, look, the whole story of Sorry. Emma is a story of unrealised potential, yeah, if you ask me. Yeah. So she had a couple of fun events there, didn't she? Well, she ran a Mr and Mrs quiz mm. and she also <laughs> joined in Jeff during his magical act. Oh, yeah, she was in, like, a um, a coffin or something, did he? Oh, did yeah. she try to saw her in half? half. Did I saw her? Classic. And, I, and I've got another vivid memory of her just, like, sitting up in this fangly dress going, ta-da, in, <laughs> in a Jess magic box. That was so fun. Now, this was the year also that her dad, John, gets diagnosed with, with stomach cancer, which was terminal. Isn't that what Laura's just had? Yes. I think it's catching. He tells Emma he's got ulcers. Yes, he hides it from her. Pretends. When she visits him in hospital, and she he is shocked. She's shocked when he says, "I'm not really a dad." And then she phones up her mum, and this is when um, Fiona Middleton appears on the show. I think I think she was no no I don't think she was I think that was confirms over the phone that yeah he's not really a dad. Sorry about that. Audrey suspects that Steve is the father. She tells Liz, who breaks her promise to stay quiet about it, by telling Steve. Steve does not tell Emma, but he acts very supportive and stuff when she's making the funeral arrangements because, spoiler alert, John dies. Yes, he d- I do. yeah, we didn't say that, did we? John does die 
It was terminal. And um, yeah, because Audrey sees Fiona's picture pop off on Emma's phone um, when, when she's ringing Emma and she's like, ha 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 Liz, don't tell anyone, but I think you might be a grandma again. And Liz does just tell Steve straight away. And, and Steve is weirdly creepy around here as well isn't he because he's just as a character who's not really had anything to do and anything to do with emma up to this point he's now hanging around her quite a lot oh i'll help arrange your dad's funeral i'll do this and that for you yeah he becomes very paternalistic almost immediately yeah he snags some of her hair he does a DNA test on it and then it's confirmed that he is the father (gasps) and then (laughs) when he's at uh this poor bereaved child's uh father's funeral He's, he's he reveals this fact to comfort her like look sorry your dad's dead but he's not your real dad I'm your dad get so another one that's fine it's like by one getting free I guess yeah because he, he do you remember he I remember there was a scene of him like driving into the churchyard and he's got um the dad flowers on the top of it you know like oh, the, yeah yeah and it's like oh it's Poignant it's something. Something or yeah. <laughs> Um So Emma blames Audrey for keeping this revelation from her and decides to leave Weatherfield. Oh no! But she's persuaded to stay by Amy at the train station. And there's like a there's a very sweet relationship between Amy and and um, Emma. Yeah, I would I'd be have loved quite to thrilled to have that. to discover that I had a, have a sister at this age because you don't have to compete with them when they're your children for the finite resources of your parents' attention, mm-hmm. but you can phone them up and complain about things. Yeah, and um, Amy was good. just kind of getting the age. She must have been, what, 16 at that point. So she's just in, it's straddling childhood and adulthood, and I think yeah. to have a slightly older, cooler sister. Oh, yeah, definitely. A, Great really... support system. Yeah, yeah. Also, she, was that when Amy was getting pregnant as well? Maybe, I don't well, remember. Well, who can say? Um, so basically, eventually, Emma grows to accept her new father with the help of the support system. Then Emma collapses with a ruptured appendix after Dr. Ali gave her the all clear because he was on drugs. Uh, She moves in with the McDonald's to recuperate and then she forms a stronger bond with Amy, her half-sister. She puts off a trip to Australia at the end of the year in favour of Christmas with the McDonald's which we all know was a classic episode. (laughs) I can't remember what happened. Um, She starts dating Seb but things are difficult when Alina comes back on the scene and it's clear that he's still sweet on her. And this was like a bad move, wasn't that it? Was because a, nobody that was wanted this. a dull this. story. Like, Be- I, I really enjoyed Emma and Seb. I thought that they, they could have been a great yep. couple. Obviously, and Alina and Seb were sweet too. And but- then when you put the three of them together in a love triangle, it became the most tedious waste of time I've seen. It really, it was really boring. was. I mean, Seb had much greater things in store for him about five months down the line, um, thanks to uh, thanks to Corey. But um, yeah, that just that did not work as a story whatsoever. And I think part of um, the character of Emma's problem was she was sometimes just put with not very exciting people, wasn't she? I think putting her in that flat with Alina, Seb, Faye, Craig. Tyrone over the all these characters. The just, thing is, a lot she of them are, bounce off. A lot of those characters are very bland mm. and kind of everyday people who are quite sort of benign and sweet. And Emma, Emma, Emma was Emma can't really be responsible for making other characters popular, but that's what they tried to do to her, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. 
it doesn't always work. It doesn't always rub off, does it? 2020. So Emma is still paranoid about Alina at the beginning of the year, who says, no, no don't, don't worry about it. You've got no, it's going to be fine. Um, but anyway, Emma ends up dumping Seb and uh, moving into number one again. Tragedy strikes yet again. Remember what I said earlier about them throwing sadness at Emma? Well, she was only there when Flippin' Eccles the dog died in, what, March 2020? She's um, Ken's gone to... Um, Shady Waters retirement home at that point, hasn't he? And yeah. uh, I think does he want to, he wants to have Eccles with him, and Eccles comes to visit for a little bit. And, and wees on the floor. We, yeah, that's they're not right. allowed pets, so so Emma has to look after her for a little bit. Um, but she gets unwell, so she takes her to the vets. Vet finds a tumor and says, "Yeah, we probably better put her to sleep." So Emma has to be there for this poor classic canine characters final scenes. Sob, sob, sob. Very, very sad. Um, but. It's one of those things. It's a it's weird. It's a weird situation because you, as a viewer, I felt like I was just mad at the show for giving her these scenarios. Yeah, and it's and it's not good because it takes you out of the out of the immersion of of what's happening. I didn't mind it from time to time. And, and, and quite a lot of these sad moments, it, it's not like I was going, oh, here we go, another sad moment. I was watching it going, oh, gosh, this is really, really sad. Poor Emma. Um, because Ali was so good at doing it, but they just, they're just thrown at her. Anyway, Tracy gave Emma a pretty hard time for uh, killing Eccles, in inverted commas. Yes. So um, she moves back to they the salon flats again. Yeah, they do. She tried, She decides to try and tolerate living with Seb again. Um, there was there was a bit of respite from the wall-to-wall misery that Emma was experiencing along with the rest of us in 2020 when she gets her hand stuck in a vase. Bit sad for her, but um, it did provide Hilarious a couple of else. scenes of jollity for the rest of us. Um, I don't really remember how it came. I, it was something I think we said at the time of the podcast that could, they could have maybe strung it out for a little bit longer. If it was a Friends episode, it would have been the one where Emma gets her hand stuck in a jar. But it was a really funny scene and Ali played it so well because that was what she was really good at. Just being like, oh, I'm done now, being other, other dits about yeah. things. But um, yeah, she gets it out and then and then before long she finds out that her baby brother Ollie is going to die and that kind of puts the kibosh on any um, hope of a happy uh, 2020 for Emma. I think what Coronation Street sometimes forgets is that an actor may very well be able to perform all of the scenes that they get given to a very high standard. And there's no denying that Ali Mardell is exceptionally talented and she can she can do all these. But the character is not, it's not what we want to see necessarily from the character. And when they do, when they do do this, sometimes it works because it's a one-off. You yeah, know. one off is fine. And, and Sarah it, Lancashire was also exactly. fantastic, and maybe we we'll talk more about a comparison of characters later. But she, Raquel, wasn't crying all the time. No, and they and they kind of got carried away. I think mm. with well, carry on. Yeah, so. Um, she also does a sponsored silence that year to raise money for Ollie. For, for the next bit of the year, she's basically on a on a mission to raise as much money for Ollie as she can yeah. um, in his final months. Um, one thing that she manages to do to get a whole bundle of cash is she takes it off Scott. Remember Scott? Scott Emberton? Pemberton? One of the others. Johnny's Johnny's dodgy criminal bloke. He gives her a wad of oh, cash God, for Ollie's yeah. appeal. And then later on, she sees he's got a gun in his bag. And he's like, look, don't say anything about that. I'll give you an extra 5k for the appeal. And she's like, oh, okay, she's thank like, you very much. She's like, does it have much. to go to, the, to Ollie? Cause... 
Yeah, unfortunately, I yes. I could do with this that, myself. She, she, she is a kind-hearted oh, soul, me. isn't she? So she goes to the police, and that's another massive crying session when she's there in the uh, interrogation room. And uh, she tells Steve even she'd rather go to prison than have than him not have the money for Ollie. But she's eventually persuaded to change her mind um, and she's charged with money laundering and she just basically sobs so away stupid. through the interview. It's so weird. When you look back at this, you're like, oh yeah, that time that Emma got accused of money laundering. Yeah. 2021, Gemma, back to you. 2021 is when Emma struggles to keep the secret of Tyrone and Alina's relationship. Oh, yes, remember that, everybody. Because everyone cares so much about that. And no, that was big. That was huge. It was the Tyrone and Alina uh, affair-ish story. Uh, Alina and Emma set up a... Sorry. Alina and Emma set up a shrine for Seb in Victoria Gardens because he's dead. Yes. Then she starts dating Curtis. Oh, yeah, and it's 2021 that happened. Not and he is a earlier. doctor... He says he is. He's going trainee. to become a, a consultant cardiologist. Mm. And um, she gets more and more frustrated by Tyrone and Alina getting it on all the time. It, they, and it, it was they're basically they were rampant and yeah. randy and incessantly bonking away. And they get this stupid, Alina gets this stupid <laughs> picture of Tyrone and Alina... In front of an exploding, an exploding car. Exploding car. And that was a, that was another classic Emma moment where she's kind of hiding behind a pillow on the sofa from this silly photograph. It's so funny. She's so really. She's so she's so good. She, at she's so so moments like expressive. That. Yeah, she does almost didn't really need a script. Mm. Following Tracy's advice, Emma plays hard to get with Curtis, but she ends up getting upset when she sees him getting into a car with another woman. I oh, know. But then. When she confronts him about it, he says, oh, it's a wine merchant. He's a wind-up merchant, more like. Exactly. And then she and um, Curtis and Emma team up and organise a charity naked calendar for Ollie's appeal. And he gets really into it. But then... <laughs> he gets weirdly into it, And then it's... He? What is that so I want to see your dad naked. Mm. And Dev. And Kevin. Yes. Won't ask, Curtis. Curtis dumps Emma... Rather than tell her about his supposed heart condition, which means he could drop dead at any second, which of course was all a lie. And Emma thinks that he's been seeing another woman, so he has to come clean about it. And she's very upset that he's been lying to her, but she agrees to give things another go. Yeah, so he's he's basically got this secret heart condition, so he says... That he could die at any moment, and he's like... I don't know what it is. I don't want you to be burdened with loving a man who could die at any moment. You're too pure for this. And she's like, I don't care, Curtis. I want to be with you. Um... No matter what. Exactly, exactly. So beautiful. Then Curtis collapses. Is this when he's trying to push a car? <laughs> he's trying to push Steve's car. Um, he gets taken to hospital and Emma gets frustrated because he discharges himself and ignores the doctor's advice because he says they don't know what they're talking about. And he gets very mysterious about this condition and he, he doesn't really want to talk about it and he gets annoyed with Emma when she tries to talk about it with Aggie. And then he says... I'm, I'm going to die soon, so I'm going to make a bucket list. And item number one is to propose to you, Emma. I love you. And she accepts. And then he says, I'm going to drop out of medical school to focus on marrying you. And then she decides that to cheer him up um, it would be a nice thing to secretly invite his family to the wedding. Because he says, oh, no, we've all fallen out. I don't really want to talk about them or have them have anything to do with me. And she's like, oh, if he's not got long for this world, then there should be a really beautiful reunion, like on <laughs> Oprah or something. 
But little does she know, this is a very bad idea because um, she invites a man called Neville. That's his dad. And Curtis pretends that that's his stepdad because he said his dad was dead. Oh, yeah, he had said that, hadn't he? So but... he's got himself caught in a web of lies here. Mm. So he has to sort of say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this is, he says this is his dad, my dad, but he's not my dad. He's my stepdad because my real dad's dead. I definitely wasn't lying about that. <laughs> so then he says, um, I'm going to do the three peaks challenge and disappears off. And Emma's sort of bumbling around the, the flat and finds his pills and he hasn't taken them with him. And so she's like, oh, my goodness, I've got to make sure he gets them. But then she finds out that they're not even really pills. They're just a bunch of, like, vitamins and Yeah, because um, that's when Ruby takes one, doesn't she? That's right, yeah. And and uh, everyone's horrified that Emma's allowed this poor child to have access to these very potent magical heart oh. pills <laughs> that turn out to be, like, vitamin D or something. So, um this is when we have this this is when his his lies is un, are unraveling aren't they because you you see these pills aren't really what they say they are and you go hmm and and at this point some of the viewers had already suggested that um there's something not quite right about him here but also we had that silly scene where Emma no was watching no the Ruby and Hope were watching this medical program, weren't they, on the telly? Yes. And then there's a TV doctor in there that says a particular phrase that Curtis had himself said about a month, month and a half before. Yeah, like something like epinephrine stat or some kind of like medical jargon. And Emma's like, I recognise that from a month ago. That he must be a fake doctor. It was that was all, that was a bit of a stretch of the imagination, but um, it all comes out anyway that he's got factitious disorder that's right where you say you're sick and you're not basically very basically it used to be called munchausen's yes uh but it it was it was a new new term for me factitious disorder i think it was for everybody yes so he's got factitious disorder emma finds out she decides to go along with the wedding anyway why not (sighs) she's in love well she thinks she can fix him it gets called <laughs> off when it looks like he's stolen a load of charity money because Steve asked him to blah, 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 bloody piece of paper, blah. Everyone's drunk. Steve says to him, bank account. here's my bank account details. Bank Can you transfer this money from my account into the charity account or something? It has to be done now at midnight when everyone's drunk. Just before you're about to get married. And he says, sure, sure, no problem. And then it doesn't turn up and it turns out he didn't actually not do it. There was just an online banking error. There was a glitch. So, yeah, the whole thing gets called off. He gets arrested and Steve realises, but she, he, he knows about this dodginess with Curtis. So he carries on the, the pretense that, um, Curtis actually was evil. Um, and then Curtis leaves and Emma thinks that she's lost him forever but then he returns for an episode and he's just as bad as he ever was. She meets him, she bumps into him at the hospital, doesn't she? He's and, pretending uh, again. Yeah, he, she, she sees him go to the to the cardio department and uh, cardiology department and he's there saying, give me my medicine. So she's like, no, I've had enough with you. 
So makes a clean plate from him for New Year 2022. Um, and this is this is where her exit storyline ends. And um, there have been many great ending uh, exit departure storylines over the years in Coronation Street, but I can't say this is one of them. It just got a bit silly, didn't it? It all started New Year's Day 2022. She's out on a driving lesson with Faye. She's teaching her to drive. Can I just say one thing? Yes. Right, I know this was a silly exit, um, and the most tragic part about it was not just the fact that it was silly, but the fact that it was so meticulously planned in advance. Because the the seeds for this, like as you're saying, were were like planted far in advance of when she actually ended up leaving. So it's not like they didn't even think about it. And it's not like we get sometimes with a character where they say on Monday, do you know what, I fancy a change, and by Friday they've gone to Kuala Lumpur. No, no, we got a couple of we months. We got months didn't we? of this. Yeah. So. She's out with a driving lesson with Faye and they accidentally bump into an old dude called Ted. Well, hang they on. go back to his flat. With their car. With their car, They exactly. bump into him with their car. It's not like... They go, oh, they... Ted, it's you, hello, no, mate. How are you doing? Making it sound like they just happened to turn around the corner and there he was. They knock into him and he, yes. they take him back to his they flat. and he's, his He seems quite fine. Uh, but then he dies later on in the day. And they try to keep it a secret because Faye doesn't want to think, doesn't want people to know that she's got involved with... No, hang on. It's more complicated than that. Emma was drunk. They tell Imran that Emma was drunk. Imran's like, oh my God, now you told me that. I have to tell everybody if it comes up. If anyone asks me, I'll tell them. That didn't go anywhere. Emma was in charge of the vehicle because... Faye is a learner driver, so she should not have been impaired in charge of a vehicle. And um, the fear was that Faye, because she was on parole for trying to beat Adam to death, that she would go back into prison again. And also the law would not look very kindly upon Emma, who was supposed to be looking after Faye in the car and was just sozzled as a new. Yeah. So they got themselves into a bit of a sticky they spot. They were in a bit of a pickle, weren't they? That's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, they, so they decided to cre- keep it a secret. And, and this is where Craig um, starts being infuriatingly incessant in his investigations into this bloke's death. We've never seen him be this invested in a case ever before. But no. he wanted to find out how did this guy die? Um, or did he? He was kind of half working out that. And he'd also found... A crutch. a crutch that that oh no, that it was Ted's crutch that well, Faye had, had that she pretended yeah. she was wearing for a costume party and he and and he was he was trying he to put two and two together where, where it came from like yeah. anyone would give two hoots yeah anyway he eventually does find out Emma meets John um, who's Ted's grandson at his funeral but he'd been there um, on the day of Ted's death hadn't he because he she sees him or he sees her through the letterbox and. Um, there's there's basically lots of dodginess with <coughs> a, a very poorly drawn efit of Emma, um, which gets released on the day of the funeral. Um, she says, "Shall I tell John the truth? Shall I dump him? Okay, I'll, I'll dump him because I can't risk him finding out that I was there and involved in his granddad's well, also, death." Well, also, Faye and Craig are like, "You're going to jeopardise our future." Yeah, I gave up but, for um, being a policeman. You can't tell anybody. I'm gonna be put back in prison yeah but basically before long john and emma are dating in secret and um i really really enjoyed john i i saw equal measures i would say love and hatred with his character online because he um he was also a bit of an airhead too wasn't he he was just one of these always happy all the time guys he, he was the children's tv presenter he was he was a in bit of a michael life. bailey like he was just happy charismatic 
silly. He was a really perfect match for Emma. A bit I dim. I, I don't. I'm gonna say no. Like they were very similar to each other, but in a relationship, you need somebody who's gonna know that you have to put your bins out when the council come to collect. <laughs> and I don't think that they would ever grasp that. That's true. Well, I, I very much enjoyed their scenes together, and um, basically, he he does find out. Does she confess that... Um, that's only a few weeks ago. And I forgot I know, when I exactly. It. She confessed that she was actually there when Ted died. Well, he but, finds um, out, he realises that he recognises Craig and they lie to oh, him yeah. and say that he was on a TV show called Britain's Greatest Singing Idiot. <laughs> and then he realises, actually, no, he's a policeman. Why did you lie to me? And then she has to confess. And then yeah. John comes back later and is like, well, I don't actually care that you killed my granddad because I got a load of money out of it. Yeah. Not that he doesn't really say that, but no. um, he's so surprisingly d- cool about the fact that they've they've killed his his granddad. Yeah, which is very convenient for the story, wasn't it? Because when he came into it, the idea was that he was going to be going to live in Australia soon, so they had a bit of a ticking time bomb well, on their relationship. Like they 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 kind of progressed it very quickly because they were saying we'll never, you know, it's now or never. Yeah. Um, it's very romantic. It's like you know, we won't see each other again, so let's just go in full, full hog. Full hog? <laughs> yeah. Full hog. That's, that's the phrase. Yes. Um, and, and so, luckily, again, very coincidentally, the place in Australia that he's moving to was not too far away from where Emma herself once lived in Australia. So they think it's fate, decide to go together, and then that is the last we see of Emma. She she makes up with um, Stephen Tracy and Amy and... Say goodbyes, and then she gets a classic back of the taxi Weatherfield exit. Goodbye, Emma uh, Brooker. Maybe we will never see you again. Um, That's it, really, isn't it? Then do you see what I mean about starting off really quite exciting as a character, but then as the as the storylines go on over the years, it's just like, oh yeah, that that wasn't really a good fit. No, they just threw too many sad stories at Emma. They didn't play to her strengths which was com- com- comedic because they know they get the ratings and the, the social media hits from taking um, a sweet, well-liked character and giving her sad situations. But it's diminishing returns, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the more you give her misery and the more she cries, the more we're accustomed to it. And then she you turns from becoming... She turns from... Yeah, fatigue. But she turns from being a comedic character into a tragic one. And then mm. you're going to have trouble It's because Curry realised that they had, they had a hit on their hands. They had a really, really capable actress. And what well, she's she got with... charisma in spades. She, 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 she has. And, she's but... so... And she, and she can turn her hand to both things. Yeah. But I would argue that Coronation Street needs more comedy and, and less crying mm. because we've got lots of crying and any character at any point can cry, but there aren't that many characters that are solely comedic characters or even ones that can you know, convincingly carry off a comedic scene. Like, lots of people can have funny lines. That's fine. We see that quite a lot. She just had the perfect timing. Well, she... And And it it felt very natural as well. That was her thing. Because there are other characters, like Kirk, shall we say, who are, you know, put in the same box as, like, this is a comedy character. Let's just write him in the stupid thing to say or whatever. And a lot of the time, it just doesn't... Ever seemed to hit for me, but no, with I Emma, think that, it almost always does. Yeah, because she Emma was... had a higher hit rate because it relied. See, the thing is about Kirk is that he 
he's also good at the, the, the visual, physical comedy of the, the funny looks and things. But they have kind of worked themselves into a corner where he has to say something that's ridiculous, but um, there's plausible deniability that he doesn't realise what he's saying is silly. It, and they it, can't it, write that anymore. Whereas Emma, no. a lot of her comedy was just her looks or the way she reacts to something. And a lot of it wasn't probably even, you know, it, it wasn't a line that she was reading. It was just a reaction that she had to something mm. or a funny glance or... With Kirk, quite a lot of his lines, when he says them, I think, oh, but no, no, nobody is that thick, surely. And... And I didn't really get that with Emma. Most of the time when she said something silly, it wasn't quite so duh, duh, duh. There's an element of sexism and ageism here as well because Kirk is older. He should know by now. He's a man. Mm. Um, It's kind of ridiculous that he's, you know, got to the age he has and he doesn't get a lot of these things. Whereas people are much more forgiving of like a sweet, innocent girl going, oh, I don't understand. I don't know what this means. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's half Kirk's age, isn't she? But she, and she did very much fit into the, you know, the, the stereotypical ditzy um, airhead of a character. Yeah, but there's she, a stereotype that she's she's living up to. And, yeah. In, yeah. But she was also very switched on with other things, like you know, with her social media, and she was she was a good hairdresser. Whereas Kirk just seems to have no skills whatsoever. Kirk is like a bumblebee throwing himself at a window. Yeah. And yeah. you think, I don't even know how evolution has let you get this far. <laughs> so let's, let's looking back over some of the um, big character points that she had during her uh, her time on the street, putting her with the McDonald's in the end after all that build up and the you know the, the fan created story, the hype. Um, history for her do you, do you think that worked in the end putting her that the definitely McDonald's? worked there were quite a lot of scenes there that she wouldn't have had otherwise that were her with the mcdonald clan and i said before in um in a when she left what what a missed opportunity it was to keep her on the show because we've spoken before about a lack of diversity in the cast and you know we've got the baileys who are the first all-black family and they really are very separated from everybody else. Emma, you know, she's mixed race. She's a she's a McDonald. How you know in in a generation or two we could have had a a family with established history on Coronation Street who were black, mm. and now she's gone. That doesn't seem likely to happen unless she comes back from Australia with a, a little wee Joey. <laughs> Um, I I, I think I think it was really important to establish family ties with Coronation Street and I think it was a massive stroke of luck that they the details fit exactly that it was completely plausible that she was a McDonald yeah I think and I think they would have been silly not to have taken advantage of that and I'm kind of feeling a bit mixed on it because there were some really nice scenes with Emma and Steve and it was it was you know, when he gets a bit paternal sometimes, it's quite <laughs> sweet. But we kind of had that with Amy as well. But I, it does feel, you know, looking back back at those stories that we've just said, that a lot of her tragedy did come from being a McDonald family member, didn't it? Because of, you know, she McDonald Barlow's, that's how she got hold of Eccles that one time. Mm. And also her mission for the past 12, 18 months was to get charity money for her baby oh, half-brother who's died. Yeah. And it, it just really comes... It feels to me like if she hadn't been put with the McDonald's, she wouldn't have been involved with Ollie, and maybe we wouldn't have had her seeing so much misery piled upon her. But we did have the lovely relationship with Amy, 
which was great when we saw it, but I don't think that they had they made quite enough of that. And I think maybe if if Ali had stayed in the show for a little bit longer, when Amy goes becomes you know now she's into adulthood that possibly could have been quite fun but well it would have been interesting to have seen a few scenes with emma reacting to amy's relationship with jacob and how's that gonna yeah because she she knew that she was dating a jacob towards the end didn't she and she had to keep that as a secret for a little while but there there was an awful lot of potential there And, and honestly i think that had they decided to keep john in the show and he was clearly only brought in as a vehicle to allow Emma to emigrate to Australia. Mm-hmm. If if he had stayed in the show, that could have been quite a funny comedy couple. But equally, you could say, well, it would have grated after a while. For some people, it was already it was grating within people. weeks. Yeah. Uh, and at least I... At least, although although the, the, the silly story with Ted is an appallingly... <sighs> constructed exit storyline it just it just didn't work did it for for various reasons um the last then my lasting memories of emma and her final weeks on the show was her having a, a lovely old time with john and she has kind of jetted off with somebody who is it's probably quite quite good for her and i can imagine them having happy times together in australia and it isn't just some rando or someone that d- doesn't feel right for her so it's it's a it's a real mixed bag and it but like i said earlier i think putting her mixing her up with not so great characters like elena craig Faye, uh, and so on didn't do wasn't the best for her those are very with the best one in the world those are characters who i would be surprised if anybody remembered two years after they leave the show yeah, do do you think people will remember Emma? Is she? Is I think she people left will her? remember Emma, but I don't think she ever reached her full potential. Mm. I don't think you know if you're comparing her to anybody. It's obvious that you know we've mentioned already Raquel, um, you know a ditzy, golden-hearted, um, attractive young barmaid who is innocent, gets mixed up with men who don't have her best interests at heart, etc., etc. They're kind of similar in that way. But Raquel is going to be iconic. And, inter- and but interestingly, Ra- Raquel only had five years on the show versus Emma's four. So she really didn't have that much longer than her. But she seems to have gone down as an Atta Corrie legend. Whereas Emma is just like, oh yeah, I think she'll be looked back on. Oh yeah, she was quite funny for a bit, wasn't she? I think it's because Emma had so many... I know that Raquel had lots of different stories, but Emma really feels like they chopped and changed a lot of things. Raquel's, no, Raquel's story, was, story was, was the cur- story of her and Curly, wasn't her it? Her romance, for, yeah. Yeah. The, and whereas Emma's had lots of different bitty stories mm. and she was never like a big... She was never in a big story. Yeah. But Raquel was very much like... Curly, she's Curly's girlfriend, then she's not, and then Des comes along, and then Des a bit of a love triangle there, and then she marries Curly eventually, other... but it's not right for her, and then she goes, and that's bad. And, and maybe having a long term investment storyline would have worked better for Emma. But the other thing also is that Raquel got a lot more scenes in the Rovers, and Emma never got mm. that because of COVID. So her time as being a barmaid was sort of squandered because we couldn't have those. Those scenes were, and you know, a comedy character thrives in the Rovers. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the main reasons why Sean is still a bankable character is because he can have funny little quippy scenes in the Rovers where he's, you know, um, 
hanging around behind the bar making funny comments. Mm. Emma was the perfect character for those interactions, but a lot of them were, were got, you know, you couldn't have years yeah. of that. And the, the, the Raquel and Bet relationship was a lot of fun behind That's the bar. That's exactly what well, I'm thinking it? about, you know. Whereas could... Emma and Jenny, what do you remember about them too? Well, unfortunately, Daisy's taken that kind of position has, that, that Emma might have been able to have had because Daisy lives there and so it makes sense for them to bubble up as actors and have more scenes together. Yeah, um, Daisy's become Jenny's number two at the moment, yeah. hasn't she? And Emma really could have had that position and it would have been quite funny and I don't begrudge Daisy, you know, having that at all because she's a fun actress and the character's good and she's catty and interesting and, and she, but she's very different from Emma. Mm. And it, you know, it makes you it makes you interested to wonder what we would have, what we've missed out on, really. Yeah. I, I don't know if Annie Mardell wants to come back to Coronation Street or if she ever would do, but it really, just feels like she at any point. This is the good thing about being a McDonald is that it's almost impossible that there's not going to be, you know, an opportunity for her to come back. Mm. Yeah, there are certain. Doesn't matter. There aren't very many, but there are certain families that will. It'll feel like they will. It doesn't matter if Steve's representation there, because there are so you know there there are other ties to the street there. Mm. Yeah, and maybe she will come back with Fiona sometime as well, because like I said, it's really uh, sad that Fiona, because when we saw Fiona in that very brief clip where she appeared in her PJs to talk to Emma on Zoom or whatever it mm. was. you know, and obviously the actress had to come in and, you know, get herself sorted out and, and record those scenes. I really felt like something else was going to happen. Yeah, so did I. Because that, that was like uh, that was over 20 years after Fiona had left as well, yeah. wasn't it, that, uh, that she came back in. But, oh, well, you, you never know. Um she was she was a she was a good character. She she got a best newcomer award at the BSAs. She's one of these characters where I look at her awards list and this is literally her only one, and I feel quite surprised. It feels like she should have got more awards well, than didn't this. Have she was the, the British Opera Awards not going on in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one didn't really help. But uh, other ones, I feel like you know. She, in, in another universe, she she could have had a groaning mantelpiece because she was so beloved. But um, we we were in the room there at the British Soap Awards, weren't we, when Ali Mardell was given was the adorable. Uh, Best Newcomer Award and she was so, so good. In she that. was so... She very was very much like Emma. As lovely as you would imagine yeah, she would over, be based not knowing on... what to say. Just love it. Just love she her. She was so, so, so adorable. I was so glad to be able to see that in the flesh. Yep. But... Um, Alas, now she has gone and her exit was announced on the 7th of February uh, 2022. Um, and it was a funny way that it was announced, wasn't it? She just kind of posted um, like a picture with a with a comment on her Twitter because I think it had got... It was it came out that the Sun were going to announce it or they had announced it or something. It was one of these unfortunate leaks, leaks that seems to be happening more and more in the last few years. So so Ali had to kind of get in there and say, yeah, it, it's true, I'm, I'm going. Uh, playing Emma on the most iconic street there is has been the best experience of my life. Four years have gone so fast. Compared to other cast members, I still feel like a newbie, which makes my decision to leave all the more difficult. But I feel it's right time for me. I can't thank everyone at Coronation Street enough for welcoming me and trusting me to tell so many wonderful and heartfelt stories. So, um, yeah, and a month, month and a bit after that, she was gone. So, so sad. And it was just, we were kind of pondering at that point. 
I think when this came out, we thought not only is it really, really sad that Emma's leaving, but this storyline that she is in at the moment, this is clearly her exit storyline, and that felt really bad, didn't it? Mm. <laughs> but um, well, oh she well. basically said she wanted to play another character. You know, Emma yeah. Emma had a lot of different stories, and she was multifaceted. But she, at the end of the day, it's one character for four years, and um, as much as people who aren't actors think they go into it to become famous Mm. a lot of them go into it because they genuinely enjoy the craft of acting and you know like you said before emma really had had two roles yeah before you know sorry ali ali model had had done two roles before this so she's right at the beginning of her acting career she'd not had very much experience doing anything else and it certainly makes sense from you know a, a sort of development perspective to say don't kill me off, <laughs> but I want to go and do something else. That would have been a real mistake if they'd have killed her off because um, I, I can only ima- I can imagine that the higher-ups at Coronation Street weren't particularly pleased to, to see her go. I don't imagine it was met with great enthusiasm. But No, because they know that they've got a you know. She's a, very a talented. I'm, I'm very interested to see what she does do next. She's apparently already auditioning for new roles and she's, she said that she's up for anything, TV, theatre... Um, musicals even, I don't know. Well, it's another one of these things where I think because we spend so long with soap characters that it almost feels impossible that the actors can do anything else. And we don't, we can't imagine that person being anybody different. Mm. But when, you know, they are all very talented and... It, you know, I would. I am also interested to see what she what she can do. I'd like. I'd really like to see if she could tackle a like really proper serious role, just to see. She can. Just to see whether she could do it or how well she could do it, because I can. Because having seen her, you know, doing interviews, having seen her at the British Soap Awards in real life, it seems like she's very close to Emma in many ways. So, um, well, yeah, I'd like to see what what else she's got up her sleeves. It's very yeah. I, I wish her all the best. Mm. Yeah, but too, I really, really hope that her future involves at some point being open to coming back to being on the street because we miss her already. Yeah. And um, she hasn't had a great run of stories, but she has had a great run of performances. Mm. I'd, li- I'd like to s- have seen her do a little bit more with Gemma as well. And I know that we talked about, you know, it's not always the- she wasn't always put with the best characters and Gemma isn't exactly one of the most popular characters at the moment. But um, I think that they were they were quite fun together at the beginning and they- it's almost like they remembered that as Emma was leaving because they had the- her Gemma kind of hop out on the street and wave her off, didn't I they? Know. At the end? Like, oh, I know. Yeah, I think quite they- a lot of people were probably like, what's Gemma there for? Mm. Did, it's um, been a weird time. It's it's unfortunate for her. Did she and Rosie have anything to do with? I don't know, I but I remember. Just, but that would have been another good one. I'm just saying it's it's unfortunate that the majority of her time on the street was during COVID restrictions, where it's a very different time, and I don't think we're really gonna appreciate how different it was until we look back. Mm. But it it is it was a weird time and, and it, it's it limited a restricted who you were in time with and anybody who's involved in being in the rovers or anything like that very difficult bubbling up with people limits your stories i think that emma is a bit of a victim of this this period of time because characters like that really thrive from working with lots of different people yeah bouncing off lots of different characters how does she react with this one how does she react with this one what yeah there are so many straight men on the street you know then uh, having her saying something stupid to you know, somebody else 
death. What Anybody. would that look like? Don't know. Don't know. We'll never. Will we ever know? <laughs> never, never a straight man. Is yeah, death is completely <laughs> the first serious. First character came to my head. Anyway. Yeah. Um. She she has left a, a bit of a legacy on the streets. She's she will um always She's be not... remembered for her her pink. Uh, wardrobe. Love, really, really love Emma. It's sad Doubly that she's not. She didn't reach iconic status. Yeah. But I really hope that maybe in the future she'll get another crack at it because I really seriously think there's so much potential there. Yeah, yeah. And, I and think we wish Ali Mardell the best. Very do, excited. Want to know what she's going to get up to? Yeah. Well, if you believe her Instagram, she just seems to be um, going around the world to looking very lovely in lots of lovely places. At the oh, moment. So to be young again. Nice. And she's getting married this year as well, isn't she? I think. Well, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> indeed. Right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that little trip down memory lane for Emma. Um, if you've got anything you want to add, if you favorite missed Emma anything, moments. Uh, did you love her? Did you hate her? Do you agree with our assessment of her storylines just slowly, gradually going downhill? And was she a victim of COVID, like we we're saying? Tell us what you think. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com or get in touch in one of the many other ways that you can. You know what they are by now. But um, for now, I think we will leave it there. So thank everybody for listening. We'll be back this weekend with our normal, regular weekly episode. But until then, ta from me. Bye. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh.